You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Hello, kitties, and welcome to my world. I would come over and say hello to you, but it's just as easy for you to come to me. Yes, yes, come in. You've come to the right place. This is where you'll learn everything there is to know about your furry feline friends. I'm talking about cats. Yes, I know. We are positively perfect pets. What do you mean I have attitude? Why, of course I do. I'm a cat. It's called Catitude. As I was saying, this show is all about cats. Cats and... Um, oh, yes, uh, cats. So let me introduce you to my accomplice, I mean assistant and host of Catitude, Tom Doc. Okay, Tom, tell them how wonderful we cats are. It's okay, you have my permission. Welcome to the Catitude Channel on Pet Life Radio. I am your host, Tom Doc, and once again, we are going to spend a little bit of time, about a half hour, talking about all things feline, how you can enjoy your cat more, and I'm going to tell you some cat stories, give you a little bit of trivia, help you learn a little bit more about your cat, and I hope that you have a good time. And from the email bag that I have here, it looks like a lot of you are having a good time while you're listening to the show, and I greatly appreciate that. Thank you very, very much. Today we're going to focus in on some of the blue cats that are out there, the Russian blues, the Korats, and the Chartreux cats. And the interesting thing about this is that all three of these blue cats, besides being separate breeds, are all naturally occurring cats. These are not man-made cats like our Himalayans or the exotic short hairs. These are cats that you can or did actually find in certain areas of the world until we started a lot of our breeding programs. They're also pretty rare cats. Not a lot of people are familiar with them, and it might be pretty easy to confuse the three breeds, but after today, you won't have to do that anymore. And that's the good thing. That's what I'm here for. And actually, it's very timely that we're talking about blue cats. Again, I don't know when you listen to these podcasts, but it's the beginning of November right now, and here in Indiana, it's rainy, it's sleeting, it's starting to get cold, which is a good thing for me. I love the cold weather, love to have snow around, but we just recently had some big major events happening, and although you might be thinking I'm talking about the presidential election, I'm not. I'm actually talking about the CFA IMS Cat Championship. And this year, an 18-month-old male, Platina Luna Blade Runner, who is a Russian blue from Greensboro, North Carolina, was named Best in Show at the championship. And this was held at Madison Square Garden the weekend of October 18th and 19th. The runner-up was a -a three-and-a-half-year-old Manx, and a second runner-up was a little six-month-old exotic kitten, actually from Hong Kong. But it's a neat thing because Runner, as he's known, the Russian Blue. This is the first time a Russian Blue has ever won the best of the best, basically. And interesting show, their attendance was down. There were 248 cats there. So, you know, congratulations to Runner for beating out 248 other cats. But unfortunately, that number was down about 30% from previous years. They've had up to 325 last year and so gosh is it the economy is it you know gas prices although those are coming down too or you know fuel charges what's going on but they didn't have as many entrants this year but still we want to say congratulations to the russian blue he's a very handsome boy and if you go to cfa.org you can see a great picture of him and i tell you what he's going to continue to win shows uh, russian blues a lot of times don't really come into their own for two to three years but he is a very very handsome young man. 
The other thing that I kind of skipped over a little bit, just teasingly, is that we did have a presidential election, and congratulations to President-elect Obama. And President Obama, or President-elect Obama, has said that his daughters are going to be getting a puppy when they move into the White House. Now, I don't have any inside sources to find out why they don't want a cat or a kitten in the White House, but I would assume since one of his daughters is allergic to certain dogs that she might be allergic to cats as well, and that might be a little bit of a a sticky point for them. But I started looking back at all the different cats that have lived in the White House, all the way from Abraham Lincoln and his first cat, Tabby, who is the first recorded White House cat, up until present, and I found something very, very interesting. That if you go all the way back to Gerald Ford, which is about 30 years now, because Gerald Ford was president from 1974 to 1976, there's only been one president in the White House who has not had a cat. And again, we're just going up through our current president, George W. Bush, since President-elect Obama is not in the office yet. So, 38th through the 43rd president, who didn't have a cat? I think that would be a real good trivia question for today. Uh, Once we get the answer to that, we'll come back. We'll start talking about our Russian blues and all the other blue cats. And we'll spend some time talking about how you can make sure that your cat stays safe during the holiday season. And we just got through with Halloween. We're coming up on Thanksgiving, on Christmas, New Year's, all these big holidays. Um, And so we want to make sure that you keep your kitty cats safe. So let's listen to our sponsors, pay attention to them, and we'll be right back after these messages. Ooh, do I hear a can being opened? I believe I smell tuna. Catitude will return after these messages. That should give me enough time to investigate what's going on in the kitchen. Don't have a hissy fit. We'll be right back. I love cleaning the litter box, said no one ever. Luckily, there's World's Best Cat Litter, the litter that promises less mess with less litter. Only World's Best Cat Litter uses the concentrated power of corn to quickly trap odors in tight clumps. And quick clumping means you never have to chisel or scrape the box. Less cleanup with less wasted litter? That's a litter bit amazing. Save $2 on World's Best Cat Litter. Visit www.saveonworldsbest.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. How dare they open a can of tuna and make a sandwich out of it? I can see why some of my celebrity pals prefer lasagna. Well, anyway, I did manage to grab myself the canary while I was in there. Quiet, bird. We're going to hear the rest of my show, Catitude. If you behave, I may not eat you. Until later. Hmm. Okay, Tom, you may continue. And we are back on the Catitude Channel here at Pet Life Radio. You know, I just, I love doing this show so much because not only do I do a lot of research, which is something that is a strong passion of mine, but I just love reaching out to people. And we're going to talk in a minute about some of the questions that are coming in on our email. And please, if you have questions, I would love to try to answer them if I can. Um, you can email me at tom at petliferadio.com and we'll certainly try to answer your questions. But please, please feel free just to drop us a line. Let us know how you're doing, how your kitties are doing. Send us some pictures. We love those. I'm going to talk about that in just a minute. And also let us know what's going on around your neck of the woods with cats in that area. Before we get moving here, though, we do have to answer the trivia question. I asked everybody who, going back to Gerald Ford, which president did not have a cat in the White House. And the answer, actually, 
is George H.W. Bush, our current president's father. He does not list it as having a cat in the White House, very interestingly enough. Gerald Ford had Sean, who was a Siamese, and of course we've mentioned Amy Carter. Her father, Jimmy Carter, was the president. She had a Siamese, Misty Malarkey, Ying Yang. Ronald Reagan had Cleo and Sarah, who were tortoiseshell cats. Um, evidently, they had several cats around the White House because it says several unnamed cats. Uh, and of course, everybody remembers Sox Clinton, and uh, he had his little friend Buddy along in the Clinton White House. And then we go to our current president, George W. Bush, who had Ernie and India Bush. So lots of cats in the White House, and I know that... Um, we president-elect Obama is talking about getting a puppy, but, you know, maybe he'll think about a cat, too. I think it's a good tradition to have a cat in the White House. All righty. Um, I want to say hi to a couple people out there. First of all, my friend Elizabeth Deering. Um, Elizabeth has written me before. I think um, we've maybe you've heard that. She's from Ohio, and she got a little Siamese kitten from a shelter not too long ago. Well, that little Siamese kitten, Elliot, has grown up and is a very handsome young man. He um, looks like he's a very light colored, almost a red point, um, a flame point Siamese, very, very light colored. You can see some tabby markings on his tail. Obviously, I'm looking at a picture of him right now, but he definitely has a an older foreign body shape, um, but just a very handsome young man. Well, he's got a new friend now, and his friend's name is Simon, and I'm looking at Simon too. He's got He's black and white, but of course, his both ears are black with a solid black across his um, forehead with a little bit of white going up between his eyes, and then he's got a little bit of black goatee. Very, very handsome young man. And so, Elizabeth, I hope you're having fun with them, and thanks a lot for listening. And also wanted to say hi to Judy. Judy dropped us a line the other day and said, hey, you know, I heard you talking about animal-assisted therapy on one of your past shows, and you didn't mention cats. Well, um, we try to mention cats about everything here, Judy, and I know we focused a little bit on dogs with the animal-assisted therapy, but you have a cat named Guido, and Guido is an animal-assisted therapy cat, and he does a lot of work. Gosh, I don't know where Judy said she was from now that i think about it but he does a lot of work where he lets people pet him and brush him and you know that's what animal assisted therapy is all about is bringing love and life to a lot of people who are shut in in hospitals and they can't get out and you know maybe they've got learning disabilities or down syndrome guido works with a lot of down syndrome people some of them are blind some can't talk some can't walk but as guido says he brings abundant cat smiles to their faces and brings them to life and his mother, Judy, calls him a magical meowster. And so that's just a wonderful thing. We know that our cats can bring such love and life into so many people's lives. And, you know, if your cat is one that might work well in a situation like that, if he's very friendly, not afraid of different situations, you know, contact the Delta Society. See if you can't um, find out if he can be temperament tested or be taken into the local hospital because people really do love that kind of stuff. Alrighty, we're going to get ready to start talking a little bit about our blue cats here today. But I have to bring up one more thing, and I, I have to apologize because I've never really talked about this before online or on the radio here. But have you all visited the website ICanHasCheeseburger.com? Or if you type in LOL Cats, you'll pretty much get to it also. 
this site is absolutely amazing. It's got so many pictures of cats and other animals in various different, sometimes compromising positions, but it just makes me laugh. And I have to admit, the captions that go along with these pictures, a lot of times I thought, wow, why can't these people spell? Why are they using such bad grammar? And then I started to lighten up a little bit and realize, you know, our cats really don't have the grammar that we do. And right now I'm looking at this gorgeous uh, tabby cat who's standing beside a goldfish bowl, complete with goldfish, below a birdcage with what looks like a parakeet in it. It's hard to see from the photo. But the caption reads, hmm, seafood or poultry? And of course, both seafood and poultry are spelled wrong, but it's it's just very, very funny stuff. Um, there's a picture of a border collie and a, a blue cat walking down a gravel road, and the cat says to the dog, I bet they get all the way to the vets before they realize we jumped out. And just funny stuff like that. So definitely visit, either type in LOL cats into your search engine, or the site is I can has with an S, cheeseburger with a Z, com. And again, if you ever need any of these websites that I mentioned, please email me at tom at petliferadio.com. All right, we've wasted enough time here. Actually, we're having fun. That's the most important thing. But let's start talking about the blue cats. We've got Russian blues, we've got Korats, and we've got Chartreux. These are all all naturally occurring cats. These are not man-made breeds, which is so exciting to me. These are cats that were found naturally in three different areas of the world, and we have not interfered with this breed, any of these breeds, to any appreciable extent. And that's a really, really neat thing to me. You think about exotic short hairs, you know, that we were crossing Persians back um, to short-haired cats in order to get the exotic short-haired. We are crossing Siamese to Persians to get Himalayans. Well, these are cats that just develop naturally. So let's start talking about the Russian Blues first. Russian Blues were first shown in London in the late 19th century. It was about 1875. Again, the late 1800s was a very busy time for a lot of the start of this passion that people had for cats because we were seeing so many new cats and and cats with long hair and cats with different markings and the world of course was getting smaller as the steamships came about and we didn't take so long to get from one place to another anymore it didn't take you know weeks and months it took most of the time you know just a few days and of course now with jet airliners and everything you can get anywhere in the world essentially in a day or less so Back in the late 1800s, or probably about 1860, some sailors, British sailors again, who must have been responsible for bringing cats all over the world, if you've been listening to the show, brought back some cats from Russia, and they were calling them Russian cats or Archangel cats, and these were cats from a city that's essentially in English called Archangel, up on the White Sea in European Russia. These cats had a very unique coat, and of course they were blue, so they were called foreign blues or archangel cats. And there are legends that state that these cats developed naturally in the wild and were actually trapped for fur, which is a very interesting thing to me because you don't think about using cats as a a fur source. But because they have a double coat, and we'll talk about that in just a second, Their coats are very unique and and very soft and silky, and people just fell in love with them. Again, like any new unique breed that was showing up around the late 1800s. In the early 20th century, they did try to use some Blue Point Siamese as outcrosses because this is not a big population of cats at all. 
none of these three breeds have ever had huge numbers. But they didn't like what they were seeing with that. And then after World War II, and again, World War II just decimated catteries across all of Europe. And a lot of breeds came very close to becoming extinct if it wasn't for North American breeders and the dedication of a few European breeders. But they were primarily bred, the Russian Blues were primarily bred in England and Scandinavia. And then it wasn't until after World War II that they actually came over here to the States. They have been used in creating other breeds like the Havana Brown. And they actually, even though they were popular up through about the 60s, in the 1980s, Russian Blues really started declining in popularity. And part of the problem for that was they had a bad reputation with judges. Basically, the cats didn't do well being handled. And if you've ever been to a cat show, you know the judges are, are picking them up and they're stretching them out and they're flipping them around this way and that way. And, well, the Russian Blues didn't take to it real well. Again, because people are very focused on their breed, some breeders took the opportunity to start breeding a little bit more docility into the Russian Blues and help them to relax a little bit. And I'm reading something on the CFA website here. It says that some people played tapes, they put crystals in the cages, used herbal remedies, visualization, and relaxation techniques. I'm kind of picturing a little person, you know, rubbing the shoulders of a Russian blue cat saying, it's going to be okay, you're going to relax, you're going to do fine. But they have done a lot better now, and a lot of the anxiousness, I guess is the best word, has been bred out of the Russian blue, and they do much better in the show ring now. Another interesting fact that I found out about this was that an Australian couple, and you can find this at RussianCats.com, has taken some Russian blues, and they've actually crossed them out to some white domestic cats, and they've created Russian whites, Russian blacks, and Russian tabbies. These cats, um, these breeds, are being shown in some of the smaller organizations, but they have not been accepted by the Cat Fanciers Association at this point in time. Now, as far as what a Russian blue looks like, obviously they're going to be blue. A blue cat is, is a gray cat, but it's called blue. These cats have a body that's reminiscent of foreign body types, so reminiscent of a Siamese, a long, lithe body. And their coat is a very soft, silky double coat. It's got blue in color, and it has silver tips to it. So you kind of get a, a halo effect when the cat moves. You can lighten the color a little bit, but breeders and, and judges start getting taking points off if you get it too light. They don't want it too pale. Another striking thing about the Russian Blues is they have green eyes. Very smooth, medium wedge head, very blunt muzzle, big ears widely set. Of all three cats we're going to talk about today, they have the largest ears and they're set farthest apart on the head. These guys are very shy, they're unassuming and very quiet, but they do love their families like most of our cats. They'll be very playful and very affectionate with the family. And a lot of the breeders that I read mentioned that they Russian blue is very sensitive to the family moods. If the baby's crying, they try to be clowns. If you are upset, they'll come up and do little pats on your face things like that. So they're very popular in Japan. They're popular here in the States, but there's just not that many of them. Again, this is a not very well-known breed. People don't know very much about this breed at all. So hopefully we can learn a little bit more. Now, I just found some numbers here as I'm surfing on the web. In 1965, there was only 117 Russian blues registered. Wow, only 117. 
a total of 14,000 from 1966 to 2000. But they are going up, and of course, with Runner winning the championship this last year, I'm sure we'll see some um, numbers going up as people find out how wonderful this breed is. They are very healthy cats, and again, that probably goes back to their background of being kind of a wild cat. They have minimal grooming needs and no known inherent genetic problems. So I think that uh, you probably will enjoy learning a little bit more about the Russian Blues. And again, visit the CFA website, go to their homepage and go to News, and you'll see a picture of Runner. And again, he's just a very, very handsome young man, and I'm sure that he's going to continue to do well over the next several years. The next blue cat that we want to talk about is called the Karat. Karats are from Siam, which is now known as Thailand. So you would think that they probably have a look reminiscent of Siamese, and to a certain extent they do. They are also known as the Si Sawat, and that stands in Thailand, or that translates in Thai, as color of the Sawat seed. They are known to be very lucky cats, and in fact, they are often given in Thailand in pairs to newlyweds because they're symbols of good luck. This is an ancient breed too. It was actually mentioned in the cat book poems, which was published sometime between the 14th and 18th century. So they've been around for quite a while. And according to the pictures that are in that book, the drawings, I guess is a better way of putting it, and pictures of the Korat now, these cats have not changed at all. And I think that is just a fantastic thing that here is a breed that we have not adulterated in any way. Now, they didn't actually show up here in in Western society until about the 1950s, and they actually came here to the United States first. There were two siblings, Nara and Dara, who were the first imports here in the United States. Um, The breeder was Jean Johnson. She got these two and started Cedar Glen Cattery and basically started developing and working with the Korat breed, and she's very responsible for where the cats are now. They were then taken over to Britain in 1972 and, of course, became um, eligible for championship status in the CFA in the 1980s. These guys have a little bit heavier body than the Russian Blue. In fact, it's been described somewhat like a bodybuilder, so it's kind of semi-cobby. Don't think about your big Hemis and your big Persians somewhere in between that foreign body type and the cobby body type. They, too, have green eyes, but their head is going to be more heart-shaped, and they have a heart-shaped nose. In fact, one breeder described Korats as having three hearts on the face, a heart on the chest, and then a heart, of course, in the chest, which is the actual heart. These guys have a single coat. They don't have the double coat of the Russian Blues. It's a very close line coat, medium in length. The Russian Blue coat actually stands out a little bit, like it's standing up. As far as the Korat personality, they are very gentle, soft, and cautious cats. They don't like loud noises. They are said to make very strong bonds with their owners. And I kind of think, you know, we think about our Siamese cats and how much they bond with their owners. And I just kind of wonder if somewhere way back in antiquity, you know, the Siamese and the Korat came from the same stock, basically. We'll never know because it's so long ago. Again, these are overall healthy cats. Great thing about reputable, good breeders. Here's an example right here. There's a condition known as a lysosomal storage disease. And this is where the cells of the brain and the nervous system especially cannot clear junk out. And they they get buildup of toxic type materials. And so these animals actually start having head tremors, 
impaired coordination, and even seizures, which can become terminal. And they start having these very early in life, between two and four months old. This is a autosomal recessive gene, so it's a gene carried on the normal chromosomes, not the sex chromosomes, and it's recessive, so you have to have two carriers breed in order to have a kitten who will develop this. But the neat thing is there was a DNA test developed, and I believe it was developed at Auburn, and the Corat breeders have actually been able to defeat this by using genetic testing and genetic counseling. In other words, they remove the carriers from the breeding population neuter them, keep them as pets, whatever they do. And this disease, this lysosomal storage disease, is very rarely, if at all, heard from anymore. And I think that is just a fantastic, fantastic thing. And what it shows what good breeding can do. And I get very excited about that because I think a lot of times people look at breeders, especially maybe more dog breeders than cat breeders, but they just look at them as they're just trying to make a buck. But here's a situation where a cat breeder is actually, or cat breeders bonding together, have removed a deleterious condition from their cats, and that's great. You can learn more about that if you want to go to coratworld.com, K-O-R-A-T world.com. And you'll see the pictures of the Karat right there, and they talk about um, all the different diseases and, of course, the history, which is essentially what I just gave you as well. All right, and finally, our third breed that we're going to be talking about today, the Chartreux, and this is a French cat. Now, the legend, the history of this one is that Carthusian monks were breeding these cats, but here in the 20th century, the head of their order, which is, is very declined since the Reformation, the head of these monks has basically said, no, we never did that. Sorry, it wasn't us. And there has been notes way back as far as the 1500s of these cats being around. And so the theory now, the legend now, is that they were actually named because of their coat type, which is kind of woolly. It looks like a Spanish wool, and that's from that area, and so they were called the Chartreux instead. They were advanced to championship status in 1987 after arriving here in 1971. And if you remember, uh, like some of our cats we've had in the past, all the kittens who are born in a given year will have names that start with the same letter. And that's a, um, a little thing that the Chartreux breeders are doing. For 2008, I believe the letter was C. And they leave out several letters. You know, they don't try to name kittens with K's or uh, X's or Y's or Z's, things like that. So I think it was C for 2008. Now, how do you describe a Chartreux? Well, breeders actually describe them as potato on toothpicks. So you've got this heavy, robust body on kind of medium legs and finely boned legs. And so you can kind of get that picture in your head of potato on toothpicks. They have gold to copper eyes, a rounded head, and a very narrow muzzle. But what makes them very unique, again, they've got a blue color to them, but they have a woolly coat instead of the straight coat of the other two breeds. And this woolly coat breaks at the neck and the chest and the flanks, and it's very reminiscent of a sheep's wool. In fact, they recommend don't brush the cat Use your fingers instead. Normal petting is going to do all the grooming that this animal needs. These guys are known for being a one-family cat. They'll follow their, quote, owner, whoever they're bonded with, throughout the house. They're very quiet cats, which is another commonality between all three of these breeds. But this breed, there are some cats that people say could even be mute, which I thought was very funny. But a lot of times I think some of these cats just talk at a higher pitch 
than we can hear. But the Chartreux is well known for making a lot of chirping type of noises instead of the meows. Very healthy cats too. Again, here's a natural breed, no known health issues. Uh, there's been no outcrosses allowed. Same thing with Korat, you've had no outcrosses. And um, the Russian Blues had some Siamese outcrosses way back in their history, but those have been pretty much bred out now. So we're looking at some very unique breeds not a lot of people know about them so you might want to spend some time on the cfa website and learn a little bit more about these there's another site i'd like you to visit it's russianblue.info forward slash blue cats forward slash body dot htm this will take you to a site where you can basically compare a Russian blue to a Korat to a Chartreux. They've also thrown the exotic short hairs in there because they can be blue too, but we know that they're completely different. And you can see, actually see the visible differences between these three breeds of cats. The Chartreux having the smallest ears, the Russian blues having the largest, the different eye colors, the different shaped eyes. It's a really neat little site, and I would advise you, if you're interested in these cats, to go see which one you might like best. Again, it's russianblue.info forward slash blue cats forward slash body dot htm. And again, email me if you're not catching any of these. All right, we need to take a quick break. I have run way over my time here, and you need to hear from our sponsors. So hang on, I will be right back, and we'll spend some time talking about keeping your cat safe for the holidays. Ooh, do I hear a can being opened? I believe I smell tuna. Catitude will return after these messages. That should give me enough time to investigate what's going on in the kitchen. Don't have a hissy fit. We'll be right back. Molly, here's your dinner. <laughs> Zeus, that's not your food. Don't let that happen to your precious cat. Elevate your cat's eating experience with the Cat Tree Tray. The Cat Tree Tray keeps your cat's food off the floor and conveniently located on the cat tree. It's the perfect way to eat. It's a beautiful wrought iron tray that easily attaches to your cat tree and keeps dogs and other critters out of your cat's dish. A must for multi-pet households. There's a 6-inch tray for large bowls and a 4-inch tray for smaller bowls. Purchase your Cat Tree Tray today. Go right now to CatTreeTray.com. That's CatTreeTray.com. C-A-T-T-R-E-E-T-R-A-Y.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. How dare they open a can of tuna and make a sandwich out of it? I can see why some of my celebrity pals prefer lasagna. Well, anyway, I did manage to grab myself the canary while I was in there. Quiet, bird. We're going to hear the rest of my show, Catitude. If you behave, I may not eat you. Until later. Okay, Tom, you may continue. All right, thanks again for hanging in with us, and welcome back to the Catitude Channel here on PetLifeRadio.com. We are talking, and this information is coming from the Veterinary News Network. You can learn a lot about pet health and know that it's accurate and up-to-date information by visiting MyVNN.com. MyVNN.com. All right, so... What's going to happen with our pets around Thanksgiving and around Christmas? Now, hopefully, 
Your cats made it safely through the Halloween holiday season. Um, mine did real, real well. Um, of course, Vulcan, he's a, a big old lover. He doesn't care who's coming in and out of the house most of the time. But, uh, you know, Thanksgiving and Christmas have a whole separate slew of situations that could come about especially for our cats you know we're doing a lot of cooking this time of year we have lots of people in and out we have um, people who may not know your pets very well who may want to feed your pets and uh, you know we do focus in on cats here at the catitude channel but some of this is important for our dog friends or the mixed households that are out there keep in mind that turkey any of the poultry that you're going to be fixing around thanksgiving or christmas is very fatty and you generally don't want to give something like that to your pets it can cause pancreatitis where the pancreas actually inflames that's very painful for your pets of course we don't want them to have anything excessively salty foods that have onions or onion powder in can be very very harmful for cats it can cause some blood disorders for cats obviously keep your kitties away from the alcoholic beverages you know i laugh i say that because um you know, it's not good for them, but I had a cat not too long ago, just a few years ago, that if I would pour myself a, a vodka tonic or something, he would love to come over and take a sip of it. But definitely don't do that for your cats. They don't need alcohol. Poultry bones we want to be careful with. But you know what else you need to be careful with? Think about the string that a lot of times ties the turkey up, ties the um, drumsticks down to the turkey. You know, you're just tossing that away in the trash, and that smells like turkey. That smells like food to our feline friends and so we certainly don't want them swallowing something like that when anything like a string yarn as we get close to christmas tinsel anything like that cats love to bat at they love to chew on and they can swallow and it becomes what's known as a linear foreign body in the gi tract and what happens is you get one end gets attached somewhere the other end attaches and you get a basically an accordion effect within the GI tract and it can cause a lot of the intestine to die off and slough off and you're going to have a very very sick kitty and as I uh, used to say with um, when I worked at the veterinary clinic you know a lot of times people would buy these little mice or little kitty toys and the cat would end up swallowing them and it end up being a you know seven or eight hundred dollar cat toy so keep in mind uh, don't want your cats getting in the trash so put the trash up put it behind a locked door most of our kitties are smart enough where they don't try to get into that, but, you know, why give them the temptation? Tell your guests about what your cat can and can't have, too, or where your cat is allowed to go or not allowed to go. People a lot of times don't realize that the cat's not supposed to go outdoors, and here's your cat maybe upset because there's a lot of strange people in the household, and they make a break for an open door, and your guests don't realize that he doesn't go outside. So let him know what's going on. Um, if he's going to be anxious you know if you've got a russian blue and he's going to be anxious about people coming over put him in his room okay give him a place where he can have his litter box and his water and his food and a place to hide and and he'll he'll do fine he doesn't have to be out enjoying the party your plants are also very important you know we talk about poinsettias people are always concerned about poinsettias this time of year but you know they're probably overrated they aren't really that toxic the cat would have to eat quite a few of them lilies however are very deadly so if you've got lilies out for whatever reason make sure your kitty cat can't get at them because they are very harmful to your cat mistletoe and holly can cause some serious vomiting and some nausea as well 
So think about your holiday decorations. I've kind of mentioned tinsel, but if you've got glass ornaments on your tree, they can be easily broken. Candles can be knocked over to start a fire. Extension cords that are running around the house are something new. And believe me, I've had kittens that have chewed on electrical cords. You wouldn't think that kittens would do that. You would think of puppies of doing that. But when I was breeding my shaded silver Persians, it was right around that time of year, right around Christmas time. And sure enough, I had one of them zap himself really good and burned his mouth pretty badly um, from chewing on an electrical cord. So you definitely want to watch out for that and keep an eye on your feline friends. If you've got a live Christmas tree, don't let the kitty drink the water from it. It a lot of times contains preservatives and other chemicals that can make your cat sick. And hopefully you're keeping your kitties indoors, but uh, every once in a while we know people that like to let their cats go outdoors or maybe just let them go in the garage. Antifreeze, you all know this, antifreeze is terrible for cats. And the thing that you may not realize is that it may be several days before your cat shows symptoms of antifreeze toxicity and by that time, it's literally almost too late. Um, it's a scary situation. So, you know, make sure if you spill any antifreeze, if your car has a leak, get it cleaned up, get it fixed so that you don't have this kind of situation happen. Believe me, at the emergency clinic, I saw this happen way too often. And we'd run the test and find out that the cat had gotten into antifreeze. And it's almost impossible to bring him back from that. Ice melting products are kind of rough on their pads. We might be putting out rat or mouse poisons during this time of year to keep the rats and mice out of our homes. Make sure your kitty cat doesn't get into those kind of things as well. So just a little bit of holiday um, information for you there to keep everybody safe. We want to make sure that our kitties get through the holidays. Keep your veterinarian's emergency numbers up on your refrigerator where you know because, you know, it's going to happen during the holidays if it's going to happen at all. I certainly hope it doesn't but we want to make sure everybody stays safe. You know, I've had another great time talking with you all again, but we've run way over on our time. So next time we'll start focusing in on a couple other breeds and we'll have some new information coming from the Veterinary News Network. As always, if you've got a question, email me at tom at petliferadio.com. I will do my best to answer it. If it is a medical question, we'll get our friends from the Veterinary News Network and our friend Dr. Bernadine Cruz, who is over on the Pet Doctor here at at Life Radio. We'll get answers for you. Email us. We'd love to talk with you. And once again, thanks a lot. I hope you guys are having a great day out there. Give your little cats some belly rubs for me and have a wonderful, wonderful day. Thanks a lot. Want to know what cats like to eat for breakfast? Mice Krispies, of course. Learn everything there is to know about cats on Catitude with your host, Tom Doc. Each week, we'll spotlight a cool cat breed, give up-to-date advice on cat health, and check out spiffy new cat products. So curl up on the couch every week for a perfectly enjoyable time on Catitude. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.